worship and praise and through discussing what we read with one another. So thanks for everybody coming on. Today we're in the book Last Day Events, Ellen White. Chapter 13 talks about the latter rain. Latter rain, L-A-T-T-E-R, latter rain. And it starts out, it says, the work of the spirit is like, likened to rain. He will cause to come down for you rain, the former rain and the latter rain. What is uh what did you learn from studying this part about the latter rain? Is any farmers on? Anybody ever had a garden or grown any plants? What is the difference between the former rain and the latter rain? Yeah, um growing growing up in growing up in Jamaica, um, you know, we we did a lot of farming there. Where I'm from, we do a lot of farming and I know it's it's it, it it is very um imperative, you know, that that the crops do get rain, water. And um it is good for, for the um for the germination um process and it's also good for the reaping. And um when I when I when I was reading it just bring back to mind, you know, um you know, my days as being a farmer in Jamaica. Um, but definitely when I, when I, when I was reading about it, um, when she talks about um, the day of Pentecost, you know, um, when the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples, you know, which was um, the farmer rain. But um, yeah, so that, that's, that's what I get from it. Um, the latter rain, probably you will probably discuss more about it. Okay. Well, it talks about um, also like the early rain is the, you know, the rain showers and dew to get the germ to plant, um, get the seeds to start germinating and um, growing. And the latter rain is to, in the later on in the season, close to the end, close to the harvesting time, is to help the fruit become, um, to, to um, finish off the, the process of the fruit becoming fruit, if, you know, whatever that word would be. Right. Okay. So, so it's a it, you and without the latter rain, without the early rain, there's not going to be a latter rain. The latter rain would do no good because the seeds will not germinate and be start the process. This process has to be started. So there must be an early rain, and without the early rain, you will not have the latter rain. All right, that was a good point. Without the former rain, there wouldn't be a latter rain, right? Um, in spiritual terms, when did the former rain happen? Anybody know? Uh, when we first got, when we first, in spiritual sense, when we first become Christians, that's when um, we have the latter, the early rain. So when we first come to Christ, there's a, the Spirit of God is with us, and it starts that process of growth and development. Okay, the, the former rain or the early rain? The early rain. Okay. That's the individual. That's a good point because um, each of us comes to Christ individually and we would not come to Christ except for the uh, leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. So the early rain came officially at Pentecost. What did, uh, what did Christ tell his disciples that he was going to do for them? That he was going to send what or who? The comfort of the Holy Spirit came, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit was always around, but took on a new uh, phase when he became, uh, when Christ left, he became Christ, uh, the comforter, Christ's representative here on earth. So in AD 31, there was a large, uh, say, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when you are growing crops, O'Mill mentioned that you do the first uh, major watering to get the seed growing. Any of us who's ever tried to plant grass, they always tell you plant the seed and then keep it wet. Keep watering it so that the seed can grab hold and take root. So that's a good analogy of the Holy Spirit in our lives coming to help us to take root in Christ Jesus. Now also before the latter rain, which is right before the harvest, is that the only two times that you get rain? No. No, but it's important to get that early rain in. And it's important to get that last rain in, the later rain too. 
but you do need consistent watering throughout the uh, process of growth. There has mm -hmm. to be some water given. Right, Amir, what were you gonna say? Uh, no, I was gonna say, no, it's not just um, during the process of germination do you need rain. Um, you do need it um, throughout the whole process of growth and development of the crop. Mm -hmm. And um, exactly. I, I believe as Christians too, that um, the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time thing where you receive it right here and then and then it, it's with you forever. You know, the, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, is, it doesn't strive with men at all times. So, so sometimes, you know, um, the human inclination may click in and you may do something that is of, not of God, you know, and the Spirit of God may waver from you. But um, by repentance and coming back to God, and seeking him, you know, the Holy Spirit, after his Holy Spirit, he will impart his Holy Spirit unto us again. And so um, we, we do need that in our lives um, to make the right decisions, you know, um, and to just continue to be faithful. Mm -hmm. So if we think of, if you think of yourself as a plant, or just say you're a, a stalk of corn, so you get the, the early rain, which brings you to Christ, and that's the germinating the seed, uh, connecting you with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Then throughout the time, you still need rain. So as Christians, we still need the Holy Spirit throughout our lifetimes. And then uh, uh, we're told that right before Christ returns will come the latter rain. And that's right before the harvest. So again, in our spiritual lives, we start out with the early rain, get us close, get a foundation in Christ, continually watering as we grow in grace, the process of sanctification. And then before Christ comes, he's going to pour out his spirit in a greater measure. And what is he, why does he need to pour out his spirit um, in the latter rain? What is that, what is that rain for? That's going to carry us on through and help us because in the last days, it's going to be so difficult. You have to have an extra boost of faith and extra strength. So that's going to be for those of us who've been watering and, and trying to, um, to follow and read and study and immerse ourselves in God's words, then he's going to, um, I would say it like this, double what we've done. So whatever we do, he's going to add to it and do more for us because we're going to need extra. Right. Again, as we stated about latter rain before, right before the harvest, you want to make sure that that plant is fully grown and fully nourished uh, so that it would be prepared for the harvest. It says on page 183, the last sentence says, the latter rain, the ripening earth's harvest, represents the spiritual grace that prepares the church for the coming of the Son of Man. So God's going to pour out his spirit in greater measure to prepare his people to be ready when he returns. Can you imagine if you were crossing the desert and you uh, drank some water before you started, you had some water while you were walking through the desert, and then you have a last big push coming before you get out of the desert, you need another big gulp of water before you go. So Christ is going to pour out his spirit upon us right before he returns, as Lakita was saying, to give us that grace and that needed power from our high that's going to take us through the last day events. And the last day's events, which we've been reading about, about not going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody could do it. But God has going to pour out his grace in a higher measure because it's going to be a time of trouble such as never had been seen before. And without God's grace, nobody would be saved. So he's going to pour out his spirit upon us. If you think about the apostles at Pentecost and they were in the upper room, what were they doing up there? Were they just eating dinner and having a good time? What was their point of being there? Anybody? Uh, I, I, um, I think when I when I read when I was reading through, um, I think I I, I highlighted um, one aspect where she said that they were not waiting. They she said why said that they were not waiting um, in idleness, something of that nature. Right. And mm -hmm. it struck me because. When I continue to read, she's talk about how they were um, confessing their faults to one another, and they prayed, and they were, you know, giving praise to God. And so, you know, um, it just comes to mind 
what we what we are doing, you know, as a people, as a church. Um, you know, as we wait why do you say it, why do you say it like that? Points out things we're not doing. Huh? Why do you say it like that? That Network. is pointing out things we aren't doing. No, no, I'm just saying it um, in a person to, to, to be per, to personalize it, personalize it, you know, uh, in, in, to, to me in the sense that, you know, there are probably things that I'm not doing, um, probably we as a, as a people to, you know, um, in terms of just waiting, you know, we ask for the Holy Spirit, but what are we doing to, to, to receive it? Are we, are we doing the same things that the disciples have done in, in preparation for the Holy Spirit? Are we uh, praying in repentance? Are we, you know, giving God praise? Are we confessing our faults one to another? And, you know, even that aspect of it, you know, confessing our faults one to another. I realize that, you know, we don't do it often, probably because we don't trust people, you know, we feel like they're gonna judge us, you know, so we don't, we don't, we don't wanna share our faults or defect with others because, you know, we just think that they're gonna have bad things to say about us. So I was just mm -hmm. looking at it, looking at it, look at, looking at it from that perspective. Excellent. Um, when we look at, we're on page 184, and it points out that the early rain came in AD 31 at Pentecost, which we're just talking about. And as O'Meal was pointing out, the disciples weren't just there waiting and saying, well, Jesus said he'll be back. So we'll just sit here and wait. But it says that they were continually praising and blessing God. They humbled their hearts in true repentance and confessed their unbelief, prayed with intense earnestness, uh, spoke words that would lead sinners to Christ, put away all differences, had a desire for the supremacy and came close together in Christian fellowship. Those are the type of things that they were doing. They weren't just there waiting around. What they were doing was looking inside or doing some introspection, looking at themselves. What must I do to be saved? Uh, when you think about your own self, uh, when I think about myself, we need to constantly ask ourselves, what must I do to be saved? Where am I lacking? in terms of being more like Christ each and every day? What, what's stopping me from being obedient to his word? And what's preventing me from being a witness for Christ each and every day? And we have to look at ourselves. Now is the time that we need to be doing that. I think we all believe and know that Christ's coming is soon. We don't want to wait until we see him coming in the clouds, right? If you think you can wait until you see Christ in the clouds to... Uh, accept him as your Lord and Savior, you're making a huge mistake. And you can't wait until you see him in the clouds before you look inward and say, where am I lacking as a Christian? What does God require of me? Where does he want me to stand? And now, uh, in relative terms, now we're living on easy street. We have freedom to do all those things. We have freedom to come and go as we like, other than the virus precautions but we have freedom to say things we want to say, do things we want to do, be with people we want to be with. And when those type of things are taken away, it's just going to be you and Christ. So now is the time that we need to think and ask ourselves, what does God require of me? What does God want me to do? And that's what the disciples were doing before Pentecost. And then it says, after they did those things, not before, not during, but after they came into unity as Christian brothers and sisters, when they were no longer trying to be the, the uh, top gun, no mm -hmm. longer striving for the highest place, then God's Holy Spirit was poured out. So yes. what is that telling us that we need to be doing? Humbling ourselves, you know, in humility. To, to, to the will of God, you know, and and try to try to learn, try to grow, you know, um, and that's why that's why it it, it really um, bothered me that you know when I look at the class right now we only have like just four persons online. And, I, I speak up on me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that we need to be humble, you know, humble ourselves in humility, you know, try to grow and learn more. And, and it, it really bothers, bothers me in the sense that as a church, we only have like four people online right now. 
and you think about it, what are we doing? You know, what are the rest of people doing right now at this point of time? You know, is yeah. that being here trying to to learn something new, try to you know add something to your Christian life? And these these are the things that these are the things that the disciples were doing. And 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 if if we are in need of that, you know, revival or, or that that the spirit of God and that lottery. We need to do the same as well, you know, um, to get the spirit. Because if, if we don't, if we don't plead for it or ask for it, how can God just give it to us and we don't ask for it? Hmm. Now there's uh, actually there's four people that we can see online, but there's a lot more that we can't see. Um, usually, I think we're uh, between 100 and 200 people. I think Karen mentions that are actually logged on elsewhere watching or listening in so but your point is well taken if we're not studying if we're not praying if we're not praising and worshiping god if we're not seeking to draw closer to him if we're not seeking to have a spirit of humility and repentance now during this easy time as i said what are we waiting for we're just wait we're we're doing what the disciples did not do we're sitting around idly waiting and that's not what god wants us to do he wants us to actively be seeking to be more and more like his son jesus christ and this is our opportunity now to do that before it's too late any other comments on that preparation how should we be preparing for christ's second coming like he said like O'Neill said we need to be um praying doing some self-reflection. Now that's the kind of a hard work because we really don't see who we are. So we should be praying for um, the Lord to reveal to us those things that's in us that we need to work on and stuff. And then we need to accept the message and not deny the message and pray for God to change that part of us and change the things that's keeping us from being, from um, really fully serving God. And this really deep it's really hard because you know we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity and sin is just so much a part of who we are that it's not it's um you know it's not an easy task it's not an easy task so we really should be doing a lot, lot of what um self-reflection prayer studying fasting um you know and encouraging one another in this process you know and um but we and try not to be looking at other people because when you do that, you see their faults, and that's when you're not looking at yours. Because theirs are so common, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Have to be very careful of that. Uh, says on 186, the latter rain will produce the loud cry to give power to the loud voice of the third angel. And the third angel spoke about uh, accepting the mark of the beast. So we know that uh, through our previous studies that there will come a time when Sunday laws will be passed and everyone will be compelled to worship on Sunday. And so the Holy Spirit is going to come to give power to God's people proclaiming the Sabbath is the true Sabbath day and that Sunday is the false day that people are uh, keeping instead. So that's going to give power. As much as we can preach and teach and do all things, there is no power except through the Holy Spirit. So that's why we, another reason we need to be praying for God's Holy Spirit. And he's more than welcome to give us his Holy Spirit as we are willing to use it to spread the gospel message. So now is our time where we should be praying and asking for God's Holy Spirit to abide in our souls. We have to place ourselves in an attitude to receive God's Holy Spirit. And that is through a willingness to share his gospel message uh, to the world. Um, I have a question. What what, what is the um, Lord cry? The, the three angels message? The third angel. Yeah. We have the three angels of revelation. The first angel uh, tells people to fear God, fear God and keep his commandments. He who created the heavens, the earth, waters, fountains of waters and worship him. Then the second angel says, Babylon is fallen. Uh, come out of her, my people. In other words, don't believe, stop believing all the lies that you hear about God and about what he expects. But uh, you uh, study his holy Bible 
and believe what he says there. And then the third angel says the warning about anyone who receives the mark of the beast shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. So the third angel is called the loud cry. Okay. And that's where God is going to pour out his spirit so that that warning, that loud cry can reach all around the world to save as many people as will allow his Holy Spirit to dwell in there. Uh, it says, when the way is prepared for the Spirit of God, the blessing will come. Uh, and as we had talked about, preparing the way is through humility and repentance, thankfulness and godliness. That prepares our hearts for God's Holy Spirit to dwell in us. So if we were ever to ask ourselves, does God's Holy Spirit dwell within me? If you ask yourself that personally, you, uh, we would have to ask ourselves, have I submitted myself to God? Have I repented of all my sins? Have I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Have I um, confessed my sins? Uh, am I willing to be a vessel of God? We have to ask ourselves those things because that is preparing the way for the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us. Not an easy thing to do, is it, to think those things, ask yourself those questions. Yeah, yeah um, Lee, you said something earlier when you were talking about <clears throat> the, how the latter rain prepares us for the time of trouble. And uh, I just had a question about that. And uh, do you think that, but for that latter rain, that that because the time of, because the time of trouble is going to be so horrendous and so awful that except for the latter rain, people would lose their faith. Hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I believe it's going to be so hard. And if we haven't been tested, I was reading something earlier this week about um, a vision Sister White had. And on this vision, they were traveling on a road and they were, um, the road was, the pathway was getting more and more narrow and more and more difficult. And um, soon there was a cord from the sky, which the cord represented faith. And each step of the way, there was people who turned back, people who turned back because as they went along in their Christian walk, if you will, the journey got more and more difficult. And she was saying the reason people was turning back was because of privation. They hadn't been used to having a hard time and um, trusting in mm -hmm. God. And so, yes, you know, without that, without the extra, you know, um, from the Holy Spirit, I don't think we will be, you know, I really don't because the Holy Spirit tells us to study and the Holy Spirit brings to our minds the praises of God. The Holy Spirit leads us and helps us in the pathway and stuff. Without that, we don't have anything. Yeah, so it sounds like the Holy Spirit is going to give us strength. What, what, what part of the latter rain is going to be strength to endure. Yes. Through those times. I right. So. It, it says, even, on, even says on 186, about the latter rain produced a loud cry. It says the latter rain will come to give power to the loud voice of the third angel and prepare the saints to stand in the period when the seven last plagues shall be poured out. So people are unprepared now. Uh, mm -hmm. We had read a couple of weeks ago that one out of 20 uh, people whose names are on a church roll are actually ready for Jesus to come. So if mm -hmm. it were not for this uh, extra latter rain, yeah, I think a lot of people would be lost. In fact, the Bible says that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. So that latter rain is also going to keep us from Satan's deceptions as well. Not that, and again, as we had mentioned, not that we should be sitting around idly by waiting for the Lord to put out his latter rain, but we still need to search our souls and then be about God's business all the while. You know, the, the, the uh, plants... They keep growing. They don't sit there and stop growing and wait for the latter rain. They keep growing and then the latter rain comes and it gives them a big boost. So we don't want to stop growing in, in Christ or in grace or become uh, idle. We just want to keep doing God's will, keep learning, keep seeking his face. And when the latter rain comes, it'll be a big refreshing for all of us who truly want to be saved in God's kingdom. You know, I pointed, it was, asked, again, it, this whole chapter talks about what do we need to do to be prepared for the latter rain, and it always goes back to 
uh, true repentance says on 189, a, a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of our needs. And God is not willing to bestow his blessing upon us because we're unprepared to receive it. Says by, it is our work, this is where we have something to do. Confession, humiliation, repentance, earnest prayer to fulfill the conditions on which God has promised to grant us his blessing. A revival should only be expected in answer to prayer. That says a lot, doesn't it? If we're not praying for a revival, there won't be one. If we're not praying for a spirit of repentance and humility, there won't be any. So that's our task, confession, humiliation, repentance, and prayer, so that God will give us his Holy Spirit at the appointed time. On 189, it also mentions reformation must accompany revival. Revival and reformation are two different things. What is the difference between revival and reformation? Anybody see that? What's the difference? Revival signifies a renewal of the spiritual life, a quickening of the powers of the mind and heart, a resurrection from the spiritual death. Hmm. Okay, anyone else? What about Reformation? Reformation signifies a reorganization, a, chance in, a change in ideals, in, th in theories, habits, and practices. Hmm. Has anyone had a revival in their own life? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we all have. That's the mental part of it. This, as Patsy was reading, a spiritual life mind and heart, okay? And then has anyone had a reformation, a reforming of yourself? That's a change in habits and ideas, but they all, yes. they both work together. Yes, they do. Yes. I think, our, I think yes. our therapist, Lakita would probably say, that has to be revival before reformation because actions follow your mind. Mm. First, you got the thought in the mind, then your actions follow it. True. Anyone mm -hmm. else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, it says because, it's. Go ahead, go ahead, Karen. Okay, it says after that that Reformation will not bring forth the good fruit of righteousness unless it is connected with the revival of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So they each have uh, their own part and work to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Amelia? I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna ask that um, reformation. Does it does it take place only to the believer, or does it take place yes, in the life of um, the person who wants to want to get right? Um, in this sense, I was looking at it. It takes that if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. You know, all things are passed away. You know, like reformation is like a transforming transformation of life. You know, you like change from one place to another. Hmm. So is reformation and revival only for believers? No, I think it's for everyone. Why do you say that? Because God came to save everyone and in order for each and every one of us to be saved, we need both of them working with the Holy Spirit in our life. But in order for you to allow the Holy Spirit to work, you have to have some belief in the Spirit of God. I believe that there's a, uh, everybody has a portion of faith. And, um, you know, because before, let's say, before we even come to Christ, of course, Christ is coming to us and, and pleading with us to come to him um, and then when we turn to him, then that's when the reformation begins. But we can't do, really do anything without God, whether we know it's God or not. It's the spirit of God, because we can't do anything. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We have no power and no desire to do anything better. Not mm -hmm. really. Not by ourselves. Does anyone, everyone agree with that, or does somebody have a different point of view on that? 
So we don't all we don't all have to be church members to experience revival and reformation. God has given each of us a measure of faith, like Lakita is saying, so that when his spirit leads us, that is enough faith for us to believe if we desire to accept Christ. Uh, so it's not just limited only to church members. Think about yourself again. Were you always in church? I know some people were, but not everyone was in church, and yet they experienced a revival and reformation. Revival is when Christ comes into your heart. Reformation is when your actions become more Christ-like. And does this only happen one time? No. The first time you come to Christ and that's it? No. Why not? That's all you need, right? I mean, because we're always growing in Christ. There's so many different levels when we first come. It's like they say you're a babe in Christ. We have to grow up. We need to be consistent you know, um, revivals and restorations, because sometimes even after, like when we, well, not sometimes, after we come to Christ, we're still doing stuff that's not, you know, Christ-like. We still have things going on. So as we go along and the Lord continues to reveal to us and we continue to ask for, you know, um, to help us see ourselves and help us be better, and the Lord reveals things to us, we're going to have to, you know, have a revival. We're going to have to have, you know, say, I'm sorry, change the way we do things, and um, we can only do it through Christ. I think that's why they say we have to die daily. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a daily process every day. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. I, I think, too, that that, that, that aspect of it, that theology is, it, the theology is not one save, all save. You know, it, it, is, right. it, is, it is a daily walk. Um, Solomon says that the part of the just is that when he falls, he rises, you know, which is a form of revival, you know, a resurrection from the dead. Once you once you fall, you rise, you know. So I, I think that it is not one save you save all the time, you know. It is a process. It is a journey. You you, you fall and you get up and you you continue pressing, you continue falling, you overcome certain things and you move on. That's how I look at mm. it. Now, I think all of us have been involved in church revivals. What's the point of a revival if, you know, you're at church and the pastor says, hey, we're going to have a a revival coming up. What's the point of the revival and and why is it needed? Because we're lacking in spiritual growth. (laughs) Okay, lacking in spiritual growth. Well, we are the church of Laodicea. We are blind, naked, wretched, miserable. Right. Right. Okay. But yet we think we got it going on. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. We think we're all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Why else? Why why do the pastors call for a revival? You know, I think it's just to, you know, to energize us, you know, to, to give us that that new energy, that um that refreshness, you know, because sometimes sometimes we do get weary and sometimes you know, things happen in life that cause us to get downhearted and discouraged. You know, and sometimes we feel like we want to throw the towel in and just call it quit. And so what that revival does, it, it just, it gives you that, that, that energy, that energy, you know, um, to just keep pressing forward and keep moving, you know, um, in faith. And, you know, I think sometimes, too, we become complacent, like, you know, like you can say, I heard, oh, I heard that sermon before. But I think sometimes God lets you hear a sermon more than once to get, to get, for you to get different points that you have missed. And I used to think that revival was just for people that, you know, non-believers. And I said, when I go to them, I say, it's for me, too. Mm-hmm. I think that also... Um, a revival helps wake us up out of our slumber. And if we wake up and as they say, stay woke, <laughs> then, then Jesus would be here because we would do the things that are, that, that, you know, we've been commissioned to do. All excellent points. Uh, everybody hit the nail on the head. Sometimes we do get tired. We lose our way. We start slipping back. And I like the way Mill said, it's uh, refreshing. Just like the latter rain is going to be a refreshing to wake us up and say, hey, wake up, stay woke, get back on the right path. 
And we do need those revivals ever so often. You don't have to wait for the church pastor to do a revival. You know, we've all heard the slogan, let's have a revival and let it begin with who? Me. Me. So you can have a personal revival and your personal revival might spark someone else to have a personal revival. So if you think about it, if you're in a church where it seems like people have losing touch and getting a little sleepy and tired of doing the Lord's work and taking things for granted, if you ask God for a, a personal revival, you might be the spark that gets other people going. Mm. Revival starts in the, it's your mind and your heart changing and getting back on track with God. And then after you have the revival, the church revival we're talking about, then what do the pastors usually do right after revival? Baptize people. Yeah, they, they get people involved in going out to evangelism. They want you to get out there and start being active take Christian actions, help people, talk to people, reach people, get out there and do God's work. So you get revival first, then your actions are reformed because of that revival and you start going out reaching people for Christ. We all need it in our personal lives. You think about it, you, where else do you need a revival in your life other than just talking about spiritual or church? Where else do you sometimes need a revival? In your marriages. In marriage, sometimes your marriage needs a revival, right? What about your job? Sometimes don't you need a revival on your job? Yeah. What about with your friends that you're hanging out with? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a revival of the friends you're hanging out with. There's a lot of places you need revivals, not just in church uh, church settings, but you need a revival all the time, constant revivals to keep that refreshing going. Uh, One of the things that we have to do on page 190, it points out again, is really uh, the whole chapter is pointing out what we ourselves have to do in order to receive God's Holy Spirit, in order to receive the latter rain. It says on page 190, we must put away all strife and dissension. So Lakita mentioned that, of course, we can do nothing without Christ. We can do nothing without his Holy Spirit power but we have to have a will and a desire to do it. And it says, when the laborers have an abiding Christ in their souls, when all selfishness is dead, when there is no rivalry, no strife for supremacy, when their oneness exists, sanctifying themselves so that love for one another is seen and felt, then the grace of the Holy Spirit will be felt. So when the work of others is discounted, that others show their own superiority, they are proving that their work does not bear the signature it should, and God cannot bless them. So if we want to be blessed by God, we have to get rid of selfishness. We have to stop fighting with each other. We have to have a, that revival within ourselves, the humility, the repentance, the confession, all those things uh, open up our hearts so that God's Holy Spirit can be rained down upon us. So we have to ask in faith for that blessing and God promised that it will come. So, so basically what you're saying, Elderly, is that uh, we shouldn't be trying to scrutinize um, our pastors and our members and people on a whole, try to find um, wrong in the things that they do, you know, um, because that will not, by doing that, we won't get the Holy Spirit. Right, when we're selfish and thinking only of ourselves and not uh, being Christianly to others, God's not going to pour out his Holy Spirit upon that type person. Again, as we're talking about, uh, it says the strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a loving and lovable Christian. We have to become loving and lovable. We have to learn to love ourselves too. There are so many people who don't love themselves, first of all, so they're unable to love others, not in the true sense of the word. God will accept nothing less than unreserved surrender to him. Half-hearted, sinful Christians can never enter heaven. Isn't that something? Half-hearted, sinful Christians can never enter heaven. That's all the incentive we need to allow God's spirit to dwell within us so that we may be saved in his kingdom. And again, it talks about clearing the way for the latter rain. 
cleansing our temple of every defilement. Uh, look on page 192, the last paragraph. And it says, there is nothing that Satan fears so much as that the people of God shall clear away, clear the way by removing every hindrance so the Lord can pour out his spirit upon a languishing church. Satan knows when God pours out his spirit upon the church, he's defeated. Yeah. That the church members will be fortified and refreshed against his temptations, against his tricks, against all the little sophistries and deceits that he's going to use during the last times. So again, if we want to make it through the time of trouble, got to have God's Holy Spirit and we got to put in some work to uh, cleanse our hearts and to purify our souls so that the Holy Spirit will come and bless us to become living, working servants of God and friends of man. Any um, comments question. on that? Mm -hmm. I had a question. Um, the story, the story that was recorded in Matthew 25 about the five um, wise virgin, the five foolish virgin. Mm -hmm. How is that? How is how is there any relationship between that um, story and the latter rain? Is there a relationship between the five foolish and the five wise virgins and the Holy Spirit latter rain? Yes. Okay. Anybody having thoughts on that? That's very interesting that, that you tie those two together. I could definitely see a possible relationship there because um, if you're talking about the former rain, well, obviously the, the, well, perhaps I'll say it like this, perhaps all of them received the former rain because they were mm -hmm. all there waiting for the bridegroom to open mm -hmm. the door, but perhaps they did not receive the latter rain for whatever reason, they didn't receive the latter rain, the five foolish ones didn't. And, and the five wise ones did receive it. And therefore they were there, they were ready, they were waiting. You know, the Bible tells us, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, um, so as far as receiving the latter rain, you know, obviously, well, well, the story goes, all of them fell asleep. So that wasn't, that wasn't the difference. Uh, but there was something that they did um, prior to falling asleep, I guess, uh, which was to have enough oil with them so that when their lamps went out, they had extra to, to, to put in their lamps to keep them going. Or when their lamps were about to go out, I'll put it like that. Mm -hmm. They had extra. And that could only come from that prior reading and studying and storing up of the Holy Spirit so that they had enough when the time came. Okay. Good observation. Anyone else? I kind of think what Karen was thinking. My th thought is that those the the food the wise versions and the and the foolish versions they all had time to prepare, but I think the wise one went a step further in that they did a, a, a more than just how you say. I, I guess I'll speak from a teacher's standpoint. You have students that will do C work that you know can do A work, but they just want the C just to get by. And I, I kind of connect that with the latter rain. If you, if God and the Holy Spirit is working with you to prepare yourself, they don't expect for you just to do enough to get by. They expect for you to go out and witness, and they're giving you the tools to prepare not only yourself but prepare others. But yet you may feel like, okay, as long as you know God is preparing me, I don't need to go out and tell anybody else. Mm. And that's a selfish <laughs> attitude. Definitely selfish. <laughs> okay. Now I like to look at it too like this. The uh, five wise and five foolish. Yeah, they had the early rain, which was bringing them to Christ. And they had their lamps uh, with the Holy Spirit oil in it. And they fell asleep. And then the call came, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Our church is, uh, as Karen was saying, Laodicean time period. The churches have all fallen asleep. But as we know, there are some church members who hear or who are listening to the message, hey, the bridegroom's about to come. And you think about those people who are studying, who are praying, who are asking for God's Holy Spirit. They've heard the call that the bridegroom is getting ready to come. And then comes that revival and reformation, the extra shower from the Holy Spirit that gives them more oil to go through that extra time period. 
So yeah. these people are these uh, the five wise virgins, virgins. They had the reformate revival and reformation. Got uh, had that extra oil from the Holy Spirit to carry them through to the uh, wedding. The foolish yeah. ones didn't pay attention to the call that the bridegroom is coming. They just went on sleeping and going through life like nothing was happening. And they end up missing out on the kingdom. Um, I, I just have, I guess, an observation and I'm just gonna throw this out there. The, the, the word of God says that, that there's gonna come a time when God will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. Mm -hmm. And so because he's gonna pour it out on all flesh, but there will be people that the spirit is being poured out all around them but they won't receive it because they have not placed their, uh, how do I put this? They have not sought the Lord in such a degree that it even interests them to receive it. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. I guess that's the best way I can put it. And so it's falling down all around them and they simply just don't receive it. Uh, sort of like I, I, uh, when I think about the people in Noah's day, and all the animals lining up to walk into the ark. And I just think of, I, I, you know, I just think of them saying, huh, Nemo, that's a nice name, as they watched them go into the ark and went on about their other, you know, business <laughs> and didn't really, you know, think anything more about it. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Karen, too, is that people will see, I had read where people will see folk who have received the latter rain and they will um, call them fanatics and call them names and stuff. And all of this is because they did not receive or accept the early rain. And the thing, the problem, here's the thing is, we, if you look at it, um, when you look back to Pharaoh, where the Lord says, uh, the Bible says God uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart, he just knew what to do or what to say or the words to give Moses that will make Pharaoh say, no, I'm not going to do it. Because he could, he could have had, had uh, Moses to say to Pharaoh, uh, will you please, you outstanding king and great king of all worlds, blah, 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 could you please let us go and we will be grateful to you forever. It could have, he could have appealed to him in a nicer, softer approach, but God gave him the words because he knew it would stir up his heart because we operate in patterns and we do things the way we do things consistently, that's why without the spirit of God, without searching and seeking, we're not going to see the patterns in our lives that's causing problems for us. And so the Lord, you know, that early rain is to help us to get started on that journey. And if we didn't accept, you know, in the early rain, when we first come to church and the Lord says, don't eat that, don't do that, don't eat, you know, that's not a good thing to do. And we like, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it. Okay. That's a different approach than saying, you know, okay, Lord, I, you know, by really I'm struggling with this, I, 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 I want to do what you say. Those are two different things. The first one, you just did not receive the spirit of God. And it's not going to change unless you acknowledge the spirit of God, acknowledge your wrongdoing, repent and come to a conclusion that I need to change. And if you continue on in that vein of where, yeah, uh, uh, they do too much. They don't have to do all that they doing. You know, anybody got to do all that. You can just go to right. church, you know, if it's not going to change because you wake up, it's not going to do that. You know, like you wake up from the bed early mo every morning. No, you're going to become more of who you are every, every day. Every time we deny the spirit of God, that makes our chances of accepting the spirit of God worse i mean harder and harder and harder you know so that's why it's you know we're not going to if you haven't received that you everybody have received it he's offering it to everybody but we have to say yes lord yes i am a low down dirty dog i should not have done that help me lord but if we don't get to that point well, I mean, like the, the verse says how can we run if we can't run with the um Walkman. How if can we can't we walk with the, with the footman, how can we run with, with the horses? Yeah, if we can't yeah. walk with the footman, how are we going to run with the horse, horses? Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that. You're going to be like, mm -hmm. shoot, I'm going to get on top of the horse. I'm going to be like, nah, I ain't carrying you. That's <laughs> very good observation. And when we, we're thinking about the whole chapter, that's what the chapter has been saying for us to prepare our hearts and minds for the spirit so that when the spirit is falling, that's, it will fall on us also. 
because our hearts are prepared for it. But people with hardened hearts, it just bounces off. And as was said, you won't even notice that it's falling all around you. We have to think about it too, uh, in terms of ourselves. Again, asking ourselves, what must I do to be saved? Lord, where do you want me to stand? What, what one thing do I lack to be prepared for your soon coming? One of the things too is when it says, uh, the call goes out, behold, the bridegroom cometh. If you look around at the things going on on this planet now, pestilence, plagues, uh, violence, wars, earthquakes, uh, the government acting crazy and people killing like they know tomorrow, those are all saying the bridegroom's coming. If you look at it, you can hear the bridegroom is coming, but not everybody did. Like five of the virgins heard it and they awoke, got their lamps trimmed and burning. And the other five said, I don't hear nothing. I'm staying asleep. And we know people now that we're acquainted with who have no idea of anything going on around this planet, meaning anything other than life as usual. Just like Karen's example of Noah, those people stood there. They saw those animals walking in two by two. That was a miracle. That had never happened. And they just acted like they didn't see it. They didn't hear the bridegroom coming. So we have to keep our eyes and ears open, our spiritual eyes and ears, because we will see and hear uh, in the future more evidence that the bridegroom is truly coming. And then uh, keep our eyes open and, and our hearts open for the latter rain from God's Holy Spirit. Now, does anybody know when the latter rain is it is going to come? I think I heard it was going to come next Tuesday at 2.30. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Anybody know? Well, you know, no. I, think, I think there's so many things that, that in God's word, he hasn't set a time on, but he has said, watch and pray. Well, watch is, okay, watch the things that are going on because there's things that he said is going to be happening. And some of them may all be happening simultaneously. We don't really know the, the you know, the exact time frames of them, you know, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, we know, we know. Well, we know one thing. We we I think we know one thing that the latter rain has to come before uh the Holy Spirit is withdrawn from this earth. So, you know, we, we know at least that part. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of a um discussion we had. Omil asked this question about where and I think if you remember Omil, you can correct me if I'm asking it wrong. Would we stand without the Holy Spirit? Uh, before Jesus come, will we not without the Holy Spirit? But I, it was a gap. Yeah, I can will we be able to stand through the time of trouble? Yeah, but it was a different question, and and Karen said yes, and I said no. But Karen was right, so I, but I don't remember the question. <laughs> but yes, we're going to stand without the Spirit of God. We, that's what the latter rain is going to be for too, because we're going to have to stand without. Like Jesus stood with um, in Gethsemane when he was um, when the sin was put up on him, man's sin was put up on him, and he felt that divide between him and God. You know, we're going to have to stand. I can't think of the phrase. I'll think it up and bring it back to the class. I'll I'll look it up mm. and bring it back to the class next week. But we're going to have to stand uh, without, not without the Spirit of Be God. Before a holy God, without an intercessor. without an intercessor. Right. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yes. And then. Mm. Uh, Karen here said, yes, we would. And I said, no, we wouldn't. But Karen was right, O'Neill. So mark it down, Karen. Yes, because it's not going to happen again. <laughs> not keeping scores. <laughs> but you know, okay. that's the whole point of the latter rain, too, I didn't is get to a, give us enough to make it through that time. I didn't get a I didn't get a clear understanding of what they were saying. We're gonna stand without the Holy Spirit in the last days. I'm not, I'm Karen, not, I didn't get it. Can't no, no. When, when Jesus stands up and says it's finished and he stepped, because right now Jesus is standing between us and the father because right. God is a consuming okay. fire. And so if Jesus was not standing there right now, we would be consumed. But because Jesus is standing there, we, we, we have mercy and we have time and we, you know, we have all that. But once he says it is finished and he steps out of the way, then the father, there's nothing shielding us. There's nothing between us and the father. 
And so if there's any unrighteousness in us, we will be consumed. If we don't look exactly like Christ, so that when God looks at us, he still sees Christ, we'll be consumed. There's no, no okay, longer an intercessor standing there. All right, thank but you. But also know that he's going to seal his servants before, before he says it is finished. Right. So those who... Uh, those who are holy shall be remain holy, and those who are unholy will be remaining unholy. It's, it's a done deal after that. Mm -hmm. So so we don't know when the latter rain will, will happen, but then it also points out that not all will receive the latter rain. It says on 195, page 195, I was shown that if God's people make no efforts on their part, but wait for the refreshing to come upon them and remove their wrongs and correct their errors. If they depend upon that to cleanse them from filthiness of flesh and spirit and fit them to engage in the loud cry of the third angel, they'll be found wanting. So again, it goes back to what the disciples were doing, searching themselves. And when they finally came to a unity through humility, confession, repentance, then the Holy Spirit was poured out. So they didn't wait and say the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, then I'll be perfect and, uh, you know, sinless. No, they got it together before. So that's our call right now to get our lives together for God's Holy Spirit to fill us. And that's what we we're talking about earlier, the humiliation and confession and repentance. Pray more and talk less. Earnest prevailing prayer is what we need. And only those who are living up to the light that we have are going to receive greater light. Can you imagine if you're not using the light God gave you, why would he give you any more? It's like your little kid, you know, you give your kids some juice to drink and then uh, they got half a cup of juice left and they say, daddy, can I have some more juice? No, drink what I already gave you first. Then I'll give you some more juice. So we have to live up to the light God's given us, and then he'll give us more. And as Karen mentioned, the, the latter rain may be falling all around us, and people would not discern it or receive it because their hearts were not prepared to accept it. it. says, those who make no decided effort but simply wait for the Holy Spirit to compel them to action will perish in darkness. We're not to sit still and do nothing in the work of God. You know, Christianity is an active thing. Christians aren't supposed to just sit and do nothing. We're supposed to be actively seeking a closer walk with Jesus. We're supposed to actively, actively be seeking opportunities to point others to Christ, actively seeking opportunity to learn more of Jesus and to share that with others, opportunities to confess and repent from sin and ask for the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit so now is the appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. Let's make wise use of this time while God is holding back the winds of strife, uh, allowing his servants to be prepared and to be sealed in our foreheads. So let's pray to that end and know that when we earnestly pray, God has promised to answer. Let's be on the lookout for God's answer. Amen. Amen. Appreciate everybody's Amen. participation today. Uh, Karen, where are we at for next week? Um, let me just take a quick look at that. Um, we are Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1. And we are on, I think it's Chapter 67. Let me double check that. Yes, The Two Crowns, Chapter 67. Chapter 67, Volume 1 of Testimonies, The Two Crowns. Are there mm -hmm. any other announcements before we go? Um, just I that... have a question. Oh, mm -hmm. go ahead. Pat. I have a question. When will the tops be open for, you know, for uh, uh, worship? <laughs> Good question, just... Patsy. <laughs> I don't we... think anybody has the answer. Yeah, we don't, okay. have a, we don't have an answer for that yet, Patsy. Okay, the reason we don't why know. I say because well, I think... Well, I'm... the answer is we don't know. <laughs> Okay, because I, I said I just want everybody to know the Alton Church is still still having service over there. Okay. Who is? Uh, the Alton uh, Seventh-day Adventist with Barbara and Clarence Wilson. Their church is still having, it's called Alton the Greater. I don't know what the yeah. rest of it is, but they still have service uh, 
They have Sabbath school at 9.30, and then we go into service. Yeah, I heard they started back up. And they started streaming. This is their second second time they're they're trying to get people they're trying to get their streaming up and running but this is the second time that they did streaming okay we'll be praying for them hopefully everybody's staying safe and separated over there okay yeah definitely um, (laughs) um just one other announcement is that starting on monday we're going to be um streaming the Walter Pearson's Experience the Power, 6, uh, 6.30 p.m. on Monday. And it'll be nightly. Um, so there, I think there's 22 of them. We can't do I mean, you, we can't listen to it on the phone, right? You have to be able to stream it. Uh, let, let me get back to you on that, Patsy. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if there's any way we can work that out. Is it going to be on our website or? Yes, it's going to be on Facebook. Okay. It's going to be on our Facebook, our website, and uh, on our YouTube page. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any um, any special prayer requests? Did I did I hear that Sister Betty family might somebody had the virus? I heard this that this morning. morning, but I don't know anything more about it. That's the first I heard of it. Okay. I have a Anybody prayer request, and I, I know mm-hmm. it. It may. I have a a friend. Her and her husband. They uh they were diagnosed with having the virus, and so when she called me, I, uh, she called me. She didn't tell me until you know. She just said, "I need you pick something up for me." So when I got over there, the neighbor came, and I had to talk to her from the street. And her and her husband came to the door, but the neighbor was like, "When you drop stuff off," he said, "I'll get it, and I'll give you the money." He said, "Cause he said I'm." I guess, you know, they made arrangements that he could set stuff on the porch. But I said both her and her husband was diagnosed this week. They were definitely mm-hmm. positive. So they're mm-hmm. quarantined right now. And I mm-hmm. said, I just I, I just thank God that she knew that if she called me, I would make sure, you know, whatever she wanted me to pick up, that she trusted me enough to do that. Because usually when we call, we just, you know, talking about, you know, her church and what we're doing, you know, at church. But I said this time it was a little different when I heard her say, I need, I need something from you. And I was like, mm-hmm. so just keep her and her husband in your prayers. Okay. What's your and name? I, uh, uh, Charles and Mary Avery. Okay. And then also, I don't know if anybody has heard, I don't know, uh, I'm wondering uh, how um, Autumn's daughter, Ayana, is doing because she had it also. Who is Autumn? Autumn is one of our members at top, but, you know, she hadn't been coming a lot recently. Okay. Her daughter, Ayana. Ayana. Okay, anybody else? Emil, got any special prayer requests? Man, just um just just for good, you know, just for good and, and, and spiritual insight, definitely. Okay. And of course yeah. we want to pray for all of our church members to stay faithful to the Lord is uh one of those opportunities for personal revival and reformation at this point. Right. And just yeah, pray for my family that you know, that the Lord just renew his spirit in us, you know, and that we, you know, this is a, this is a difficult time we're going through, but we know that, that according to prophecy, things are just going to get worse. And we have to have, as we are studying today, that extra measure of the Holy Spirit in order to make it through. Amen. Okay. Yeah. My family needs a lot of prayer too. Who is that? This is, uh, I said, my family needs a lot of prayer too. Okay. Uh, Lakita's gone for a special prayer. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are just so grateful, Lord, for your word, uh, for your encouragement, dear Father. Dear Lord, you hear it and um, the request from your people, dear Lord. We ask that you will be with this family who have been both um, diagnosed with coronavirus. We thank you that Petsy is up and doing your will and work the work that you have called us to do to help the sick and the shut-in and the poor and the needy. Lord, we ask that you would give her a double dose of strength, and we ask above all things, Lord, that as she works for others, Lord, that you would give her um, health and strength and renew her mind and give her a revival of heart and, and soul 
give her words to say to this couple so that they may be uh, encouraged throughout this battle for their lives. We ask that you would be with Ayana who has been uh, come been infected with the COVID virus, Lord. We ask that you will be with her and her family as they navigate this situation because everyone becomes at risk. Just at the thought of someone being um, diagnosed positive is a terrible, frightening experience to Lord. So we ask that you would be with all of the families all around the circle of the globe. And Lord, we, as we see in the United States, this thing is upticking and getting more and more and more. We ask, Father, for your safety. We plead for those who are standing um, standing in the valley of indecision, dear Lord. We ask that we will do our best to reach out to others, dear Lord. We ask for each of our families that are represented here that they, Lord, will be ready to receive the Holy Spirit in the latter rain. We ask that you will help us to do our part in getting them prepared so that when the latter rain falls, that there will be a great harvesting and reaping and people will be ready to be saved for thee, Lord, and waiting for you. And dear Lord, we ask that as we study your word, that we will uh, share what we learned, dear Lord, and that we will be imbued with the spirit of God and that everyone who sees us and knows us will know that we have spent this extra moment with you, Lord. So Lord, we thank you so much. We praise your holy name for hearing all of these prayers and answering these prayers. And Lord, above all things, we ask that we will have faith, trust, and love, and that we will share. That's the most important thing. Share your love with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining oh, me. Oh, wait a minute. Ahead, One other man. announcement. One other announcement. I just thought mm -hmm. about it. Um, Central States Conference is going to be streaming uh, Whitley Phipps concert at four o'clock. Today? Yes. Okay. On the conference website? Yes. And that's central-states.org, right? Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> All right. Y'all probably got it anyway. <laughs> All right, Elder, be blessed. Elder Carol, I don't have uh -huh. your number, but I, I wanted to ask you a quick question. The little book that you sent me on last day events, am I able to highlight in it or do, because I, I, was, I wasn't trying to write anything in in case you wanted it back. <laughs> no, that's your book, Patsy. <laughs> okay, thank you. Sure, you're welcome. All right, everybody, see y'all later. All right. All right. All right. Happy Sabbath, Bye. everybody. Bye-bye. Happy Sabbath. Bye -bye. Happy Sabbath. Bye -bye.